Good morning. morning. Welcome to worship. Welcome to Flat Springs Baptist Church. We're so glad to see everyone here today. Uh, If you are a first-time visitor with us, we want to say a special welcome to you. We're glad that you're here. We do have visitor's cards in the pew right in front of you. If you'll just take one and fill it out, you'll drop it in the offering plate as it comes by. Um, And we would just appreciate you doing that for us. Thank you. Um, I have a few announcements to share this morning. Uh, Wednesday night starts back this Wednesday. We're so excited to to gear back up with our family night supper, which is going to be prepared by the Facing Life Sunday School class. Um, Today is the last day to sign up for that meal. So if you have not done that and you would like to come and eat with us on Wednesday, uh, there's a sign-up sheet in the atrium and you can do that uh, today, please. Um, And then also we'll be starting back our choirs, our Awana, RAs, actines, all that good stuff. So please come out and join us this Wednesday. We'll be so excited to have you here. Uh, The Welcome Committee will have a brief meeting immediately following worship today. Uh, Please meet right up here by the piano if you are on the Welcome Committee. There is a historical membership role recommendation being made by the Membership Committee Uh, for our business meeting next Sunday. So um, if you'll pick up the proposals there on either side of the um, stage up here, if you will pick that up um, so that you can review that before business meeting next week, that would be great. On September 20th and 21st, we'll be going to Burgall, North Carolina uh, to help with ongoing Hurricane Florence relief. Uh, Cost is $10 a person, and there is a sign-up sheet in the atrium for that as well. So if you're interested in participating in that uh, Friday and Saturday, please sign up so that we can know who all is interested in going. Uh, Every committee is encouraged to meet to go over their policies and let the policy committee know if they have any changes that need to be made, um, as well as reviewing your budgets. Uh, Budget forms will be coming out next week from the Finance Committee to submit your budget request for next year. Um, So while you're meeting about policy, you can go ahead and start talking about budgets as well. Uh, But just know that that does need to start happening with uh, your different committees. On Tuesday, October the 1st, first, excuse me, I can't talk. I'll begin a Bible study called Homegrown. Uh, It's Cultivating Kids in the Fruit of the Spirit. Uh, It's a six-week study that will run from 6.30 to 7.30 every Tuesday until November the 5th. Uh, Each week, the study focuses on two different fruits of the Spirit and teaches parents how to incorporate what they learn into their everyday parenting practices. Uh, This book will be in the atrium for those that would like to flip through it and see what the content looks like for each week. Um, And if you'd like to be a part of this study, you'll just sign up uh, in the atrium. We have a sign-up sheet, and there's also a place for you to indicate if you need child care. Um, So don't let that stop you. If if you need someone to take care of your kids while we're doing the Bible study, that is absolutely available for you. Uh, And then $14 is due by September the 22nd so that I can order a book for you. Okay? Prayer request. Uh, Ernestine Bridges fell yesterday and she hurt her shoulder that is already broken. Um, So we want to be praying for her. She is still at home, uh, but she has a doctor's appointment coming up this week. Um, And so we just want to be praying for her 
And then also we want to be praying for the family of Larry Wilder, that's Sarah McGeehee's brother-in-law. Uh, the funeral service will take place this Tuesday at New Hope Baptist at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Maver Gregory, which is Bobby Gregory's mom, is at Sanford Health and Rehab in room 208. If you would like to go and visit her, she would absolutely love a visit from you. Uh, just let her know that you're from Flat Springs and you're excited to be seeing her uh, when you stop by. Uh, Mary Lou did mention that that room might be changing next week, but for right now it is room 208 at Sanford Health and Rehab. Uh, Caroline Morris, John Mullen's great niece, is having some doctor's appointments, and so we want to be praying for her. And then also we want to be praying for uh, Jack Quiggle as well. Would you go to God in prayer with me now? Heavenly Father, we just ask that as we've entered into this worship space that you would just quiet our minds, calm our hearts, and help us to focus on worshiping you. God, we lift up all these prayer concerns that we mentioned. Uh, we have so many that are in need, God. God, we recognize those needs, and, and we're trusting you in, in meeting those needs. God, just be with us now and help us to focus only on you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Continue our worship by turning to hymn number four, one of these hard ones to find in the hymnal, To God Be the Glory. Let's stand.
We thank you, Lord, for this beautiful day you've brought us here to worship you. Please open our hearts. Pastor Gary gives us our message. Be with those uh, on our prayer list, those who are sick and are hurting, Lord. And thank you so much for our many blessings, including your son. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Turn to hymn number 16, O Worship the King, and also get out the insert in your bulletin after we sing the O Worship the King.
Well, good morning, boys and girls. How are you guys? You made it through your first week of school. Congrats. Glad to see y'all here. Okay, so I need your help with something this morning because I'm going to be talking about choices, okay? So I'm going to give you two options, and I want you to tell me which one you would pick, okay? So Lucky Charms or Captain Crunch? Lucky Charms. Lucky Charms, okay. Crunch, okay. So we've got a little bit of difference here. All right. Clean your room or go play outside? Clean your room. Wonderful job, parents. Wonderful job. Okay. Broccoli or Brussels sprouts? Neither. Brussels sprouts. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Mr. Kevin said those were both bad choices. Okay, soccer or baseball? Soccer, any baseball? One baseball, okay. Okay, how about this? Invite the new kid in your class to eat lunch with you or let him sit by himself? Okay, yeah, let him sit with someone. Okay, maybe not you, but someone, okay. That works. All right. How about this? Wear your helmet when you ride your bike or ride without it? Helmet. Yeah. You want to ride with your helmet. All right. What about this one? Brush your teeth or don't brush your teeth? Very good. Brush your teeth. That is always the option you want to go with. Okay. How about this one? Spend all your money on a new Lego set or give some of that money to church? Okay, give some of it to church. That's good. Okay, what about this one? Come to church or stay home and watch cartoons? Um, come to church. Come to church. I don't know if you said that just to make me happy, but it did make me happy. So thank you. Okay, so we all have a lot of choices that we can make each and every day. Some of those choices are bigger than others, right? Whether we eat Brussels sprouts or broccoli, that's not quite as big a choice as if we wear a helmet, right? Because wearing a helmet's really important, right? So today, Pastor Gary is going to be looking at a Bible story found in the book of Joshua. In this story, Joshua is talking to the people of Israel. He's their leader, and he's talking to them about some choices that they're making. Their parents, grandparents, great-grandparents had been worshiping idols and man-made gods instead of the one true God. Joshua was explaining to the people that they had a choice of who they could worship. The gods of their ancestors, so like their grandparents, or the one true God. Now one of those choices is the right choice. Do you know which one of those choices would be? The real God. That's right. The one true God. That was a very important choice to make. And like I said, in this situation, that was the only right choice, right? To put aside all of the little gods and idols that um, the people that they had been worshiping, their ancestors had been worshiping, and to worship the one true God. That was the, the choice that they needed to make. So... Each and every day, you guys are going to have choices to make. They might be big or they might be small choices, but they, 
they have consequences, right? The choices you make, they have, they affect what happens, right? If you choose not to study for a test, do you think that's going to affect how well you do on the test? For some of you it will. For some of you it might not, if you're lucky. But for most of you, yeah, it matters if you do that. And so just like the people in this story, it matters that they were choosing the right God to worship, right? So my prayer for you guys is that each and every single day you make the good, the safe, and the God-honoring choice in your lives, okay? Would you pray with me? God, I thank you so much for these children. God, I thank you for the choices that they make, God, and I thank you for allowing us to be an influence in their lives to help them to make the right choices. God, I pray that we would be encouragers for them so that they can make choices that are honoring to you each and every day of their lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I'll be reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 12 through 14. We are, we are proud that our conscience is clear. We are proud of the way that we have lived in this world. We have lived with a God-given holiness and sincerity, especially towards you. It was not by human wisdom that we have lived, but by God's kindness. We are only writing you what we already knew before you read this. I hope you will understand this as long as you live, even though you now understand it only partially. We are your reason to be proud, as you will be our reason to be proud on the day of our Lord Jesus. Good morning. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, We have gathered in this place this day anticipating a visit from you. We want to clear our minds and open our hearts that we might receive all that you have said and are saying and will say. And it is our prayer, O oh God, that as we are here in this place today anticipating a visit, an encounter, a moment with you in this holy place, in this holy hour, with our thoughts turned toward you, the Holy One, that you would begin to make those adjustments in our decision-making. That apparatus in ours, we sometimes call it a mind and sometimes we call it our soul. But Lord, it is that place where choices are made. And Lord, those choices are not just one choice and then we're done. Those are choices every hour of every day. And so God, as we begin this moment of this holy encounter with you in worship, 
We pray first, God, that you might forgive us for the bad choices. And Lord, we've made some this past week. And so we confess to you, O God. We confess, O God, that those choices did not honor you. They did not meet your approval. In fact, God, they disappointed you. And God, we don't want to disappoint you. And God, we acknowledge that today we made some good choices this past week that did honor you. We felt your presence and your power in our life, especially around those times we paused to pray and those times we paused to look into your word and those times we, we encountered others and we recognized them as a divine appointment and we gave them a word of encouragement and we felt your spirit in that word. And so, Lord, we bring them today to the altar to give to you as our gift. And we pray, Lord, that they would be pleasing in your sight. And so, God, as we continue to praise you and worship you, and as we begin to hear a message in song, and as we look into your word, we invite it all to look into us. And God, would we begin to pray right now seriously, sincerely, God, make me different. Make me different. Say something today, oh God, in a very concrete way that my mind, my heart, my spirit, my soul hears it, understands it's from you, and acts upon it. We praise you, O oh God, for you're worthy of our praise. In Jesus' name we offer this prayer. Amen.
Thank you, choir. What a wonderful promise and a wonderful reality. The Savior is calling for you. How many of us know there's a weather event that's going to impact the eastern coast starting this Tuesday? Does anybody know that? Well, what if our culture just says we don't believe in hurricanes? Hurricanes aren't really powerful. They really don't have an impact. They really don't change anything. You shouldn't change your plans. You shouldn't worry about a hurricane. You should enjoy your life. If you're planning to go to Florida or to the coast, say next Wednesday or Thursday, and sit out on the beach, don't worry about it. Go have a ball. Quit listening to that news. Those folks are downers. Those weather people, they're the most negative people in all the world. Don't listen to them. Listen to me. Enjoy. Have a great life. Good counsel? Make sense? Sounds good. Sounds good, amen? Especially if you had plans to go to the coast this Thursday. It sounds good. It, it kind of hooks what we want to do. I'm doing a commercial for a conversation we're going to have next Monday night. And it's going to be a conversation. I'm calling it a Monday night conversation because that's what it's going to be. And our subject's going to be on morality. And we're going to talk about morality. We're going to ask questions about morality. And I want to make you a promise right now so you can just relax and take a deep breath. I'm not going to tell you anything about morality. But I'm going to show you in God's word what God says about morality. And I'm going to show you as plainly and as clearly as I believe the scriptures speak to it about what it says. And so I want to invite you to come. I want you to bring your questions. Because we have created gray areas, we think, in our culture. Well, is this all right or this not all right? Is this okay? Is this not okay? Well, folks are saying it's okay. So I want you to come. I'm going to be disappointed if you don't come. I want to have a conversation about how we're going to influence those children that were gathered right here at Taylor's feet about their choices. I want to have a conversation about that. And I want to say to parents who brought your children today, you made a great choice. Thank you. God wants me to say thank you for bringing your children to allow the influence of Sunday school teachers and this coming Wednesday to Awana teachers and choir folks who will be teaching them the truths. So I'm excited about what we're fixing to get started in. Well, that's the end of the commercial. Now turn to Joshua chapter 24. Joshua chapter 24. This is one of the most interesting passages. If you look in 24 verse 1, it says, Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem, and he summoned the elders, the heads, the the judges and the officers of Israel, and he presented 
and they presented themselves before God. And Joshua gives them this great history. We're going to begin to read in verse 14 and read through verse 18. But I want to skip before we do that to verse 26. And it says, And Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God, and he took a large stone and he set it up. He set up an altar underneath the terebinth tree and by the sanctuary of the Lord. And Joshua said to the people, Behold, this stone shall be a witness against us, for it was heard, for it has heard, this stone has heard all the words of the Lord that he spoke to us. Therefore, it shall be a witness against you, lest you deal falsely with your God. So Joshua sent the people away, every man to his inheritance. We're going to read the text in just a second, but I just want to read one more thing. Because these were, this were his last words. Because it says in verse 29, After these things, Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died being 110 years old. Some pretty powerful last words that he's going to give us. It's a, a verse that you've heard. I've preached on it many times. If the Lord grants me life, I want to preach on it some more. Because it's one of those great moments of clarity for us as believers to make decisions. We're going to read Joshua 24, beginning in verse 14. We'll read through verse 18. If you're able, I would invite you to stand as a way of honoring the reading of this portion of God's Word. Now, therefore, fear the Lord, a word of reverence, and serve Him, a word of obedience, in sincerity and in all faithfulness. Did we hear that? Hear it again. Now, therefore, fear the Lord reverence and serve the Lord obedience, him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods of your father, served beyond the river and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. Gives an option in verse 15. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods your father served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. Mm-mm-mm. Well, he's fixing to say. Are you ready? I wonder if we could say it with him. But as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. Wow. That's powerful. Then the people answered, Far be it from us that we would forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For it is the Lord our God who brought us and our fathers up from the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery and who did these great signs and sight in our sight and preserved us in all the way that we went and among all the peoples from whom we passed. And the Lord drove out before us the peoples, the Amorites who lived in the land. Therefore, we also will serve the Lord for he is our God. We will serve Yahweh for he is our Elohim. He is our Lord God. He is our all in all. 
May God add his blessing to the reading and hearing of his most holy word. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, would you speak to us clearly that we might invite your presence and your power, that we might receive your peace in being your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. If you're like me, when it comes to home Bible study with your family, I have a lot of starts and stops. I'm in a start right now. It's all about making choices. Choices. Advertisers seize on our choices. And I want to say that your choice is really the greatest gift you ever bring to God, is your chooser, if there is such a thing. I guess we all have a chooser. That part of us, that mechanism that, that makes the choice, what we eat, what we do with our money, what we listen to, how we treat others, how we dress, where we work, when we pray, how we pray, how often we pray, when we study, how often we study, how long we study, when we are studying. We all probably would admit that we've made some bad choices. Joshua, when he's speaking to his people, must have remembered in Exodus chapter 32, Moses is on the mountain receiving the Ten Commandments, the law from God. And you remember what the people are doing at the foot of the mountain? They're building a golden calf to worship. They saw one like it in Egypt. and thought they ought to have one too. Today, God invites us to Shechem. Now, at first, that, that, that might not be significant, but, but I want to do something, and, and, and I can't stand up right now, so, uh, so I, I think well, I'm just going to sit down, because I can't stand up. And, and why I can't stand up is because of the question I'm fixing to ask. Shechem... And I know some of y'all can't see me, but I look better when you can't, so it's okay. Uh, Shechem is the place in Genesis chapter 12 where Abraham received, in fact, I preached on it just a few weeks ago, where Abraham received the call to, that God was going to make him a great people and through him all the world was going to be blessed. And in the sixth verse of chapter 12 and 7, there's a promise that God made at Shechem to Abram. And that's why Joshua brings the people to Shechem in this text. The place where it all started. And so while I'm sitting, I'm going to ask you right now, if your spiritual journey started at this place, at Flat Springs Baptist Church, if this is where you made your decision to follow Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. And I got a different Shechem. But I just want to see how many did that. If you're able and you started your commitment to Christ here in this campus. Some of you may have done it in a little building that's no longer on this campus. 
But if this is your starting place, would you stand up? All right, I'm just standing with you. I'm just standing with you. Feels weird to sit down and talk to y'all. I'm just telling you. Okay, I'm going to ask the rest of us, if you've started your journey, you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you have a different Shechem. Mine was in Second Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Would you stand if you've had a Shechem experience, if you've accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior? Very good. You may all be seated. Thank you. And see, that helps you not fall asleep quite as much. They, I, I read something about that. So you're going to stand up three more times during the service today. Not really. Not really. Shechem, a place of beginning. I want us to think about our place of beginning today. I want us to think about the moment we chose to follow God. We chose. We said, we walked down and we took a pastor. Many of you walked down and took my hand. And I ask you the same question that I ask everybody. Why do you come today? And you said something like, I want to accept Christ. I want to be baptized. I want to join the church. And you remember what I asked you? I asked you, do you know you're a sinner? And you said yes. And I said, do you know Christ died for that sin? And you said, yes. And I said, do you come today and you want to make him the Lord? And to most of you, I said, the boss of your life. And you said, yes. Yes, I do. I want Christ to be the boss. And I said, and then you want to follow in obedience and join the church via baptism. And you said, yes. And we began the journey. Today, I want us to go back to Shechem. And I want us to ask ourselves the questions that, that Joshua asked the people. I want us to come and understand that God is reverent and we need to have a reverence, a fear, a holy fear for him. I want us to think about our sincerity and our faithfulness. I want us to consider what he asked us to do. And I'm going to give us three Ps. The first one is to put away. The second one is to pick a side. And the last one is to remember the past matters. Okay? So let's start with putting away. You see what he says in our text today? He says, put away the gods that your father served beyond the river. So my question is, what do we need to put away? I, I found this quote, and I, I, I don't know who wrote it. I don't know who the author of the quote is, but, but listen to what it says. It's one of those catchy things, I think. It said that man swims in a sea of self-satisfaction, nibbles at the bait of procrastination, swallows the hook of mediocrity, and ends up in the net of failure. <laughs> I wonder today how many of us might be willing to stand and say, Pastor, I believe I'm the most successful Christian on the planet today. I believe I'm the greatest witness for our Lord. I believe I'm the strongest example of what a Christian ought to be. 
I believe I'm the greatest follower of Christ. I believe when folks get to heaven, they'll say, who are the greatest? Is it the Apostle Paul? Is it, is it Peter? They're going to say, no, it's Gary. Oh, Gary, he's the best. Can you put your name there and say, yes, that's what they're going to say. I, I'm sure that's what they're going to say. That when God talks about the best of the best, I'm going to be numbered with those. Think in your own life, who are those folks that you would number among the best of the best? Who are the greatest examples in your life? Who are the folks that influenced you with the gospel in such a way as it changed your life? It changed, your, it changed the decisions that you made. Guard against self-satisfaction. Don't nibble at the bait of procrastination. Don't put off those things that would make us a better disciple. Don't swallow the hook of what everybody else is doing. <laughs> I remember my daddy would get so frustrated when back in the 60s my sister would come home. You know, I learned some things by watching my sister. I learned some things not to say to my daddy. I watched what my sister said. I saw what happened. Wisdom to all you who have older brothers and sisters. There's, you can have that for free. But I, I know Nell would come home someday and she would say, I want to, she said, everybody's doing it. Everybody's going. And boy, there was a nerve somewhere between the second and third vertebrae on my daddy and it hit that nerve just like a ton of bricks. And usually it never worked out well for her, I'm just saying. What do we need to put away? What everybody else is doing? How everybody else is living? What everybody else deems successful? Is that getting in the way of us being all that God would have for us to be? Let me ask it another way. What would happen what would have to happen for us to change our mind about how we're going to live this coming week? I'm going to ask it in, in a negative way, a way a preacher should never ask it. <laughs> so last week I preached, amen? Any of y'all here last week when I preached? Did any of y'all live any differently from last Sunday to this Sunday? Or if you were honest, it was the same old, same old. Unless a hurricane showed up. Or some disaster struck. Or some problem hit. What would have to happen? Y'all see my coat? Looks nice, doesn't it? Amen? Amen. Oh boy, y'all about to get on my last nerve right then. I mean, I threw you a softball. Y'all got to swing at that one. Okay. How many of you have ever seen me wear this coat before? It's not a new coat. I've had it for six years. It's been hanging in my coat, in my closet, for six years. You know why? Because I couldn't button it. Don't you laugh. Y'all got some clothes like that. You see, if you are like me, 
and you have a metabolism that's ready for an ice age, you know. It says, store everything. You never know, Gary. You never know. It's hard. It's hard. And so every morning I'm going to wake up and I'll say, you know, today, today I think I'm going to start to make those changes. And then somebody says, hey, you want a donut? Yes, devil. I mean, yeah, a donut? Of course. I. Jack, yeah, Jack's squirming right over there two weeks ago. But I was on the wagon, Jack. Jack offered me donuts. Taylor called me the Saturday before and offered me red hot dogs. And I said, get behind me, Satan. And I didn't say that. But something happened a couple weeks ago. Listen, I got more coats in the closet. You hear what I'm saying? So if you think the preacher's wearing new clothes, if I continue on this path, I may be wearing some real old clothes again. But if you see me go back to that dark blue and that gray suit, you'll know, whoops, he made some different choices. And you know, that's like us spiritually, isn't it? Isn't that like us? I mean, every one of us, today you come and God speaks to us in the worship and he says some powerfully, powerful, good things. And we say, oh boy, this week, this week, I'm going to do different. This week, I'm going to make those changes. This week, I'm going to get in my Bible more. This week, I'm going to pray more. This week, I'm going to speak to that neighbor. This is the week. And then the, the devil says, don't you want a donut? Don't worry about the forecast. Don't worry about a hurricane. It's okay. A story that changed my life when I was 12 years old. I was told by a pastor, probably the closest thing to a pastor besides my daddy that I had growing up. Because when I would go to spend the summers with my granddad, we went to Mount Carmel Baptist Church in Gadsden, Alabama. And in that story, and I'm getting choked up just thinking about it, Rayford was a very godly man. Rayford planned, Rayford Duck was his name. I've told you this story. It's probably been 10 years ago. But Rayford was a devout pastor. Rayford would call the deacons to come and pray if they went more than three weeks and didn't have somebody except Christ as Lord and Savior. He had a passion for winning people to Christ. And this story is probably one of the things that changed his choices, that changed what he was. He said that early in his first pastorate, there was a young man that he met in the community. And he wasn't going to the church. In fact, he wasn't going to anybody's church. He wasn't a Christian. But Rayford interacted with him, and they became buds. And the, Lord, and the Lord would impress upon Rayford to share his faith with this young man. He's a pastor. He's a preacher. He did this for a living. He did it every Sunday. But there was just, there was a barrier there. Did you, are there, some, are there some barriers in our life that are interfering with our choices? And he said, I'd get there, and I'd think about it, and I don't know, it just never did naturally come up. I, I mean, I'm 12 years old when I heard this story. I only heard it once, and I can almost tell you verbatim 
And I can still see the tears that ran down Rayford's eyes when he tells this story. And he said that it just, it just became a burden. And he said one day that it was on his heart and on his mind so heavy and his phone rang and it was this young man. And he said, Pastor, are you home? He said, yeah, I'm home. I just was thinking about you. He said, do you mind if I come by and talk to you? He said, sure, I'd love that. And Rayford said, here we go. <laughs> here we go. He said, the guy came by and there was something going on in the community that he wanted to talk to Rayford about. I don't, a ball game or something. I don't remember what that was. But Rayford said, they talked and they talked and he felt the Holy Spirit impressing upon him to share, to share the gospel, to ask him about his eternal destiny. And he said, he just couldn't do it. It just didn't happen. He said, I walked that young man out to his car. I stood by the door. I closed his door. I remember Rayford saying that and his voice breaking. I closed his door. And I walked back in my house. And I was under such heavy conviction, Rayford said, that I made up my mind I was going to give him just enough time. He lived about 20 minutes across Gadsden from where Rayford lived. He said, I was going to give him just enough time. And I was going to call him. And I was going to his house. And he said, I've got something God wants to tell me. That's how he thought he'd break the ice. And he said, I was literally reaching for my phone to pick it up and call it when it began to rain. And it was that boy's mama. And she said, Rayford, Johnny's had a wreck. They're carrying him to the hospital. They're telling us to get there quickly. I thought you ought to know. Rayford said he got in his car. He drove as quickly as he could to the Baptist Memorial Hospital in Gadsden, Alabama. He got in the ER. He walked back in the room. He took that young man by the hand. That young man looked him in the eye and said, I, I, I. And he died. And Rayford, that broke his heart. You see, the second point is you got to pick a side. Procrastination. Putting things off. you got to choose. Sometimes when we choose not to choose, we choose. Let me say that again. Sometimes when we choose not to choose, we choose. I don't know that Rayford ever really forgave himself for that. I don't know where that young man is in eternity. Rayford's in eternity now. But I just wonder today if God might use that moment from that broken-hearted pastor's life some 40, 50 years ago to speak to us today about whose side we're on. You see, not choosing is choosing. Someone said waiting is the thief of time, but I would say waiting can be the thief of our Christian walk. There are things we could be doing right now with God. Joshua says, today. Did you hear that? He says, choose ye this day. Choose today. Make a decision today. Decide right now what you need to do. Decide right now, mom and dad. Choose right now, granddaddy, grandmama. Choose right now. 
the influence that we'll give. Husbands and wives, choose right now the kind of mate we're going to be. Young people, as you go to school, decide right now, today, what we're going to do. And I love what he says. As for me and my house. As for me and my house. And maybe I'll just stop as for me. 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 With a hurricane brewing. As for me. With the culture saying everything's okay. Don't worry about anything. As for me. I've got to make a decision. I've got to make a choice. I've got to decide. I've got to pick a side. I've got to put some things away in order to pick some new things up. But I've got to pick a side. Joshua says, do it today. The last point is, for the first 13 verses of Joshua 24, he reminds them of the past. He just tells them, you remember all the things God's done? You remember how God's been at work? I want to ask us today. I'm not going to ask you to stand because I'm about done. Has God ever done anything in your world? Has God ever been there for you? Has God ever made a way when it didn't seem like there was a way? Has God ever blessed you? You hear what the people said? Far be it from us, far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. Because we remember, he says in verse 17, for it is the Lord our God who brought us and our fathers up from the land of Egypt and out of the house of slavery. Where has God brought you from? Do you remember? The past, it matters. The past can often be a good indication. And in God's world, it is always an indication. He is faithful yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and forever. So I want to end this sermon with this question. The past matters. I want you to leave Flat Springs with me in your mind. We're going to leave Deep River. We're going to leave North Carolina. We're going, to, we're going to leave the United States. We're going all the way over to the Middle East. We're going to land in Israel. We're going to land in Jerusalem. And just outside the city. Are you with me? I want you to see it in your mind's eye. There's a hill. It's called Golgotha. We call it Calvary. I want us to take those steps up that cross. Up that hill. And I want us to see that cross. There's three of them up there. We know about three. But I want us to see what we say is the middle one. You see it? You remember it? You remember when Jesus was hanging there? You remember what he said? I know what he said. He said, Father, forgive Gary. Or he doesn't know what he's doing. What'd you hear him say? What'd you hear him say? The past matters. The cross matters. What we do matters. I remember when I was a, a youth, we learned a song. 
Who is on the Lord's side? Answer now the call. Who's on the Lord's side? Will you give your all? Volunteers are needed. Read it in God's word. Who's on the Lord's side? Let your voice be heard. Say so long to the devil's crowd. Lift your voice and shout it loud. I'm on his side. Choose ye this day whom you will serve. If it's good for you to serve the culture, then you do that. But as for me, in my house, we'll serve the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, you know every brokenness that's in this building right now. You know every hurting heart. You know every bad choice. And Lord, you know every decision that were we to make it as Joshua gave us that invitation that just because we've made a bad choice yesterday doesn't mean we have to make a bad choice tomorrow. Blessed be your holy name. And Lord, if there's one here today who would have the faith and the courage and the strength to stand up and say, I will choose to love the Lord my God with all my heart and all my mind and all my strength. Then Lord, what would you do? What kind of inheritance? How would you influence a family that needs to be a family of worship. Lord, our invitation is from you and to you. May he who has an ear hear what you're saying. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our hymn is page 302. I hear thy welcome voice this morning. If God is speaking to your heart, and you need to make a decision for him, with him, about him, then this is your opportunity. The stone is here that will see your commitment and keep it forever. Would you respond as we stand together? <clears throat>
welcome committee. If you would remember to meet here for just a moment at the uh, conclusion of this service. If you can go with us and help us with the relief to the folks that are still devastated from the hurricanes last year and even beyond that, especially Florence, we're going to Burgall. There's a sign-up sheet we need to know as quickly as possible so we can let them know and they can get the work that we'll be doing arranged for us. So I think it would be great for us to go. We certainly want to be praying for the folks that are already being impacted uh, out on the islands by this storm and, and whatever this storm does. So Now as we leave this place, may we do so in God's peace and in His power and in His abiding presence that we might be His choosing people in the midst of all His people. Would you pray with me? Lord, we do pray that in the storms of life, you are our bomb. There is a bomb in Gilead. And Lord, may I be singing all this week, I'm on your side. Heavenly Father, bless us as we go out into a hurting world that needs what you have entrusted to us, your gospel your life-changing, trajectory-changing, eternity-changing gift. And may we give it freely. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.